Well, this morning, before I, I share what God's put on my heart with you this morning, uh, we've got some, some visitors with us this morning, and it's so good to have Pastor Joey with us this morning uh, to, to be able to come and um, just... We, we've been talking about the whole body of Christ that we want to um, appreciate and value and protect, uh, uphold the sanctity of the whole body of Christ. And, you know, it's such a privilege for us to be able to, to sow into and bless and, and encourage... Um, people and churches in other places, and it's so good to have Pastor Joe with us this morning. Would you come? Can we welcome Pastor Joe this morning? Um, And uh, Pastor Joe, I met uh, the first time five or six years ago when I was in the Philippines uh, in Legaspi, and I was just so encouraged uh, by her humility about what they're doing there, and uh, just chatting with her and sitting with her, and we're just talking for a long time, <laughs> uh, while I was in the Philippines, and, and it's so good to have her with us today. Uh, we're not going to make her preach. You know, they're having a bit of a break and a bit of time out in Australia, so we're, we're going to just let her share a few things about what's happening in the Philippines. So thank you, Pastor Joe. Yes. It's really a joy to be part of this family. God is so wonderful. Sometimes when he do things, it's out of our imagination. When the Lord uh, starting through other people um, caused us to meet Pastor Andrew, Richard, and some of the team that came to the Philippines, it's not just a visiting team that came to the church, but you bring, they bring a family, and that family atmosphere that create an impact to me when they bring me here. So seeing you is a, it's not just I have a family, but the love that you have it's like uh, in Psalms, one of the psalmists says, Our Lord is full of compassion, gracious, and merciful, and truth. And that kind of thing that the psalmist says, I have full. The Lord filled me with grace and passion and love. And I have experienced that. And not only in the way that you have supporting us in the work in the Philippines, especially the youth camp. You, great, you do a great things in the life of the young people there. Because out of that, we see lots of young men committing their lives to God, willing to be used for his glory. And you are like a vehicle that bring them to the right place. And your love of giving and passionate of working with us, it's a create a big impact to the life of young people. So before I, I want to share what God is doing in our church. That's the thing. You can, you see how, God is doing the children ministry, the youth ministry, the young people are uh, really g- doing great. And even the, uh, the present disi- uh, 
camp that we have, we have 11 young people committing themselves, willing to be used by God. So they are now under discipleship training. And the uh, second batch that we have now, they are trained to be a Sunday school teachers. And they have so many things wants to do in the kingdom. So lots of the activities that we have, you are part of it. It's not just the youth camp, but the prayer that you share to us. You're, you're, uh, and even the, our church really embrace this church as one. So um, thank you very much. And hopefully it's not just, uh, um, I, we also um, encouraging you, visit us. <laughs> experience the love of God. Experience how God do a cross-culture uh, cross experience. Uh, the church is so welcoming you so much, and we are looking forward to see you there, to be part in the kingdom of God's work. Amen. Amen. Uh, that one, you see this, uh, this is, uh, we give sleepers. All high school is for 386 students, and also the elementary, we give 485 sleepers. And through that, we, uh, that's a tangible love we are doing. Because of that, students are, they're going to the school, and if it is raining, they need to put their shoes in their plastic bag so that it will not uh, easily tear down. So they walk two or three kilometers without a sleeper. In our heart, when we know that one, we start to say, how can we be part of that to show that God loves them? And through raising a van and some of you responding so generously in doing this. And this school was, you see the children? If you are there, you will see, you will hear the, the, the how the children was and we are putting all the sleeper there, and the children said, I want that yellow, mom. I want that yellow. No, that's mine. That's mine. Oh, there's another yellow. Oh, that's red. So all of them is really watching and really wants to have that new thongs or sleeper. So through the, the coffee shop, also part of that, and I know every time you buy a coffee there, you're part of God's work in the Philippines. So, thank you very much. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Joe. Could you stay here, Pastor Joe, you stay here. We'll have to pray with you. Uh, let's just pray for Pastor Joe and the work in the Philippines right now. Actually, is there, is there something in particular that you'd love us to pray for? And I think the kids might even, in a moment, have something to write on their sheet about that prayer point for you. So, so Uh, we are running uh, a first phase of discipleship uh, leadership training. We want um, that's our really a prayer request as of today because these young people was so on fire to teach children, mm. and not only to the church but to do outreaches and reach out young. 
young children also, they want to hear the gospel. So their heart really connected of what God wants them to do. Mm -hmm. So also pray for more souls coming. Mm -hmm. We have uh, 16 families in the church. So it's like 60 or 70 mm -hmm. people, not counted the children. But and a way that we can see uh, also um, the need of, praise the Lord, we have a missionary. We have one missionary from Papua New Guinea. I know you love Papua New Guinea. You know, Papua New Guinea is also part of your uh, mission work there. They send one missionary helping us because we do another outreaches to barangays. So that's right. Let's, let's pray now. Lord God, we just thank you for Pastor Joe, Lord, and all the team at Tehillah Christian Center in Legaspi. Lord God, we just thank you, Jesus, for the, what you are doing in them and through them. We just thank you, Lord, for so many young lives that are understanding your love for them, Lord, and wanting to, to tell others and help others understand the hope that they have in you, God. We, we just pray that you continue to strengthen them. Lord, be their provision, Lord, in every way for raising leaders, for the finance to do these things, God. We just thank you for for your provision, Lord, for continuing to strengthen them and uh, help them as they reach out to the city, Lord God. We just thank you for the light and the hope that they bring to that city in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Joe. Let's give her another hand as she comes down now. Lots of photos, lots of people, and every one of them loved by God. And... Uh, I just want to pray for us too right now. God, we just thank you for this time of opening your word together. God, I just pray that you would help us, each one of us, Lord, to hear what it is you want to say to us today, God. We thank you for your love and your grace and for helping us in this life to, to live the way you have called us to live, to know the life that you have for us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, I've got the boys up the front here are going to run around and uh, hand out some sheets to the kids. And if you're a big kid, you can put your hand up too and say, I want to do some colouring. If you brought your colouring pencils, uh, you can uh, join them too. And uh, I think you've already got a blank to fill in there on a prayer point for Pastor Joe in the Philippines. So uh, that's cool. So while they're doing that, can you concentrate on two things at once? And most people said, no. <laughs> no. no. I, I believe you can. I'm sure you can. Um, who loves doing chores? A couple of people do. And God bless you, we love you, we're a little bit jealous of you. Uh, but I think for most of us, the idea of tidying our room is not an exciting one. Has any kids here had to tidy their room in the school holidays? Any big kids had to tidy their rooms in the school holidays? Yeah, there's a lot of nodding going on. Um, tidying our room, doing the dishes... Mowing the lawn, maybe cleaning out the shed. Who's excited about cleaning out the shed? I'm excited once it's done. Um, <laughs> doing dishes, vacuuming, all those jobs. They're not always easy, those jobs around the house. Um, and we don't always look forward to it. Praise God, some people do. That's, that's wonderful. It always amazes me how God's gifted us all differently. And different people can love doing some of the things that I hate doing. And I thank God for that. But I wonder... So sometimes... Not all of us love doing chores, but I wonder how many of us love eating. I reckon that kid is enjoying that spaghetti. And at first I saw that photo and I thought, that's a setup. And I thought, hang on, Andrew. No, that's not a setup. That's just a little kid eating spaghetti and being told, go for it. Learn to eat all by yourself. 
And he said, I can do it. <laughs> and throws it everywhere. I, I love eating. And uh, maybe it's not pasta, maybe it's pizza for you. Um, or maybe you're a really healthy person. You say, I love eating vegetables. In fact, I've really get a, got a craving for vegetables lately. I'm just loving vegetables. Um, I'd almost go for vegetables over chocolate at the moment. But some of you, you're still on the chocolate. And you love it. It's not hard to do the things you love. It's not hard to consume the things you love. It's not hard to do things that you love. And this morning, I want to talk about something that you may at first think, oh, this is something I've got to do. This is a chore for me to do, to to add to my to-do list. But this morning, as I talk about this, I want you to realize that this isn't a chore to do. This is something that is exciting. Uh, it's, It's not bad or hard. It's not difficult. It is good for you. It is life to you. And it's exciting. So please don't hear me this morning saying, this is something you need to do and I want you to add it to, do, to your to-do list. I want you to think, this, whatever it's about to be, I'm trusting that Pastor Andrew says it's good, it's life for me, I'm going to get excited and I'm going to do it because it's good for me. And you're all going, we'll see. I'll wait, I'll decide later. <laughs> Fair enough. I remember a time when I was... Uh, in school, and Luke, this isn't the, the story yet, but just in case you, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I think I was in year 10 at school. Actually, Luke may have been in the class with me. I don't know. We were sitting in maths class, and uh, we were working away in maths, and, uh, and this announcement comes over the PA system. It says, excuse me, staff and students, could Andrew Cox, Andrew Cox, please come to the vice principal's office? Andrew Cox, to the vice principal's office? And we're going, oh, no. What have I done? Because <laughs> you're like, the principal, he's busy doing other stuff. But if you go to the vice principal's office, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> and uh, everyone in the class goes, oh, Coxie, you've got to go to the vice principal's office. Oh, what have you done? What have you done? And my brain's going, what have I done? It's like, what did I not do? What have I done? Oh, no, I'm in trouble. So anyway, I walk down and I'm, I'm walking down the passage and I'm, I'm, my brain's just going, what have I done wrong? What have I done? I'm in trouble. Oh, no, what have I done? It's amazing, isn't it, how as soon as someone um, calls us into their office, um, I remember as the youth pastor and catching up with some of our older youth at times, I'll say, hey, can we catch up? And they're like, what have I done wrong? It's like, it's amazing. When someone wants to catch up to us, we, we, we think, I've done something wrong. I'm in trouble. It's a little bit like the, when we're asked to do something, we think, oh no, a chore. This is bad. And for some reason, our brain so easily goes negative and not to the positive opposite. Uh, possibility. Last week, Sam shared. Who can remember what Sam shared on last week? So many answers at once, I didn't get them all. Last week, she talked about protecting the sanctity of the whole body of Christ, the the holiness, the sacredness, that God's church, His body, is, is something so, so special. Jesus died on the cross, not just so we can have salvation, but so that we could be joined together as His church. And it's something that Jesus died for, and we need to protect that holy, sacred thing that Jesus came to start. And she read this verse in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, and I want to read it again, verse 1 and 2. It says, imitate God. What does it mean to imitate, kids? Copy Do what he did. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. 
because you are his dear children. You're getting the blanks, kids. I hope you're paying attention there. Verse 2, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. It was a beautiful thing that he did, and he is our example. We've been talking about our core values as a church the last six weeks or so. And we've talked about, number one, we want to uphold and proclaim biblical truth always. The Bible is the foundation of all that we believe and hold on to. It's the foundation, it's the authority, it's not some person, it's not some group, it is God's Word, the Bible. And the second core value is that we want to value and protect the sanctity of the whole body of Christ. Jesus died for it, we want to protect it, we want to value it. But this week I want to move on to our third core value, which is this. That we want to be lovers of God, proclaiming the love of God. We don't just want to know the Bible. We don't want to just come to church. We don't want to just tell people about Jesus. We actually want to be lovers of God. Not just people that talk about God, not just people who, who, who do good things, but God has called us to know Him, to know His love and to love Him. And as we love Him, as we know Him, we will proclaim the love of God. You know, Jesus is our great example. As we just read in Ephesians 5, He gave up His life, filled with love. He gave His life so that we could have forgiveness. The Bible says there is no other way to be saved than to have our sin taken away removed, dealt with through the cross of Jesus Christ. He came to die in our place. He took our death penalty upon the cross so that we could have life. He gave up His life. He gave up the comfort of heaven and came and lived on this earth because He so loved the world. He is our example. You know, on, um, on Thursday night, we had our our CFC leaders, uh, leadership development time, and we watched a video and we talked about what leadership really means. And in the world we see leaders who, uh, the Bible talks about how, who lord it over the people that they lead. But it isn't to be that way in the church. God has called us to follow the example of Christ, to be filled with love and give our lives in service of one another. wonder how we're going in that journey, in that transforming process to become more and more like Christ. I wonder how we could live a little more like Jesus, uh, even this week, to be filled with love and to give our lives as Jesus has done for us. We want to be lovers of God, proclaiming the love of God. Let's read Mark chapter 12 and verse 29. It's the great commandment. Mark chapter 12, verse 29 says, Jesus replied, The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel. And I want you to realize that he's not just saying these things. He's actually quoting from Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. It's the, 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 the Shema prayer that Jews would pray. Jesus quotes uh, from Deuteronomy. He says, Listen, or hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, 
all your mind and all your strength. The second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. No other commandment is greater than these. This is the greatest commandment. This is the great commandment for us, to love God and love others. Jesus, in, in another, um, other Gospels that has the account, He says, this, this sums up all of the law and the prophets, love God and love others. It's our great commandment. But maybe you're here today and you're thinking, well, what's the deal with that? How come God's so desperate for us to love Him? Why, why does God care about us loving Him? Maybe you think, well, God made everything and he, he, he knows everything, so why does He want us to love us? It's not because He needs us. It's not because He's lonely. It's because He loves us and He knows that we need Him. God wants us to love Him because He knows we need Him. We need to know His love and come to Him with love. We're about to have a baby and I've kind of got babies on the brain so as I was thinking about this, I, was, I, I thought of the example of when a baby is born, they don't always automatically know how to feed. They kind of search everywhere for food. They, they, they don't necessarily straight away know how to feed. But the mother teaches that baby to feed, and you see the baby in there, like wrestling around. You know, I've got the, the head shakes going, and and they've got to be taught to feed. And does the mother teach that baby to feed because, well, it's like, well, they want the baby to, and it's not really what the baby wants, and it's just something they teach it to do. No way. It's it's for the baby's life that the mother teaches that baby to feed, to 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 receive the life, the, the goodness that comes from that milk. And God wants us to love Him because it is, it is like life for us. It sustains us to know God's love for us. It, it gives us life. It gives us hope in this life. And it's through knowing God's love and responding to His love that we have eternal life, that we have hope for eternity. I'm just trying to remember my next point. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. says this, We love each other because He, that's Jesus, loved us first. We love each other because He loved us first. Without God's love for us, we would have no capacity to love. If God had not first loved us, we would not be able to love. Because in, in love, God chose to create us, to give us life. He knit us together in our mother's womb because He loved us. He created us. He gave us life. And even in our life, when we've sinned, we've all disobeyed God, we've all done the wrong thing. At that moment, God could have rightfully, as our Creator, decided, right, that's it, I'm wiping Andrew out. He's sinned, he's messed up, he's gone, that's it, done. But God, in His love, in His grace, in His mercy, lets us live. As painful as that causes it to be in this life with one another sometimes, He lets us live so that we might discover His love for us and be changed. Jesus came as 
the sacrifice for our sins so that we could see His love for us and be transformed, that we would know His love and, and come to love like Him more and more. We love each other because He first loved us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 says this, This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. This is real love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. You know, our love compared to God love, God's love is uncomparable. Our love compared to God's love is so limited and small and diluted and polluted at times. And maybe I was just talking about myself here, but so often our love is... is is tainted by selfishness. We'll love as long as you do this for me. I'll love you as long as you be kind to me. I'll love as long as you do this or that. Our love is so often tainted and polluted by selfishness and pride and arrogance and sinfulness. But God's love for us is the true picture of what love is. 1 John talks about how God is love. If we look to God, we will discover what true love is like. We have a world that talks about love in so many different ways, but it is not the love that God wants us to know. Our, our, our love tanks get depleted time after time after time because we look to one another for love. But God's desire is that we would come to Him, that we would see His perfect love, His real love for us and be filled and have life that He longs for us to have. Let me read this saying, this comment to you this morning. It says, The command to love God is not a command so much about what we must do as it is a command to realise what He has done. The command to love God is not so much a command about what we must do as it is a command to realise what He has done for you. If we realise what God has done for us, if we realise that Jesus went to that cross, He was nailed to that cross, He suffered and died in my place, in your place. If we realise what He has done for us, we cannot help but say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your love for me and respond with love. If we will understand, kids, if you'll understand what Jesus did for you on the cross... It will change your life. It will change your world. You will never live the same if you understand day by day that Jesus, God in human flesh, was willing to give His life for you. You understand the God of the universe loves you, cares about you, and will never abandon you. you we can have hope in every situation. It changes us. And although our love may not be perfect, we will love if we understand who Jesus is and what He's done for us. You know, we want to do great things for God, and that's fantastic. We have ideas of things we want to do. We have projects we want to do. We have people we want to help know the love of God. 
But the first step, whether we're 5, 15 or 55 or 95 years old, the first step for any of us to do anything for God is to come to Him day by day and realise His love for us. And I've got to be honest, at times that's not easy. We have people coming to us day by day saying, can you do this? Can you do that? We have things on our to-do list that we didn't get done yesterday or last week or last month. And all these to-do lists build up and we have ideas of things we want to get done and, get, and, and do. And we might have great motives behind those things, but if we don't continually come back to God and say, thank you, Jesus, for your love for me today, then we will not love as He loves us. God has called us first and foremost to love Him. To spend time in His Word, opening His Word and, and seeing who our Saviour is, discovering God's faithfulness, His love for us. We cannot love others if we don't daily come before Him and know His love for us. We will never graduate from needing to spend time understanding His love. We can never fully comprehend it, we'll never understand the depth of His love and one of our greatest goals in this life, I believe, is to know the love of God more and more every day. I was sharing the story about going to the principal's office. You might have noticed I didn't finish it. And uh, actually, I'm going to ask the band to come just so I finish the story. But as I'm walking to the principal's office thinking, oh, no, I'm in trouble. What have I done? It's like, I can't even think of anything wrong I've done. Or maybe it was that thing I did yesterday. No. I walk in the principal's office, uh, the vice principal's office, sorry, and I finally get, I get there and I sit down and I'm waiting, you know, nervous wait, waiting to get into trouble. It's horrible, isn't it? And then finally the door opens and my mum's in there. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> what have I done that my mum had to come up to school? It's like, now I'm in real trouble. Because, <laughs> well, not really. <laughs> I've walked in the door and the vice principal's got a big smile on his face. I'm like, why is he smiling? And he looks at me, he's like, you think you're in trouble, don't you? I'm like, yes, <laughs> maybe. And he says, it's all right, it's all right, just have a seat. And it turns out I was going to Melbourne that weekend. I think I was going to the Grand Prix with my brother. And he said, oh, your mum's just come in and we've got a, a, a special student uh, discount card for, for half price travel or whatever it was. And it's like, here you go, here's your card. I'm like, oh, Awesome! It's like, what was I worried about? What was I stressing for? You know, as we come to God, as we think about spending time with God, I actually believe that some of us have a mindset of as we think about opening the Bible, that we're actually scared about what God's going to tell us off for. We're actually come to think about opening God's Word and start to feel guilty about the things we've done. But actually, God is wanting us to come to Him, to open the Bible, not to be told off, but to discover His love for us. He wants to provide for you. He wants you to understand His faithfulness. He wants you to understand His grace. We come going, oh, what's God going to say to me today? Oh, I know I've messed up, God. Oh, what are you going to... And we can come with totally the wrong attitude and mindset. God doesn't call us to come to Him and love Him because we're terrible. Even though we are sinners, 
He calls us to come to Him and know His love and love Him because He wants us to have life. He wants us to be filled with His love, to be filled with His power, to be filled with all that He has for us so we can live this life for Him. I've, I've told you the story before about the times I've been bike riding and I haven't eaten enough. Well, yesterday I was really dumb again. <laughs> Yesterday I went bike racing, it was about a 60k race, and uh, I somehow managed to skip lunch, which is really silly. <laughs> and I'm out there on the bike, and I'm riding in the freezing cold rain yesterday, and I'm out there, and I'm just struggling, I'm thinking, oh, I've got no energy today. And I'm riding along, and I'm seeing my kilometres now just drop and drop and drop, and the bunch disappears into the distance, I'm thinking, Andrew, what's wrong with you? And my, my kilometers an hour are dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. And if this guy happen, ever, happens to ever listen to this message, I'm thinking, well, you're a great writer, but I was so disappointed to be caught by you. <laughs> and, and people that I should never get caught by were catching me, and I'm getting so cold, colder than I should have been. I had plenty of layers on, and I'm starting to shake, and my brain's going all fuzzy. And I've read books about people who've had this situation. It's like there's pink fairies flying around your head. And it's like, woohoo, I'm all dizzy. And I've wobbled my way home and I've crossed the line. I've just dropped my bike on the ground. I've just collapsed into the car and sat down. And I said, Sally, I need food. I need food. And we sat there for about five or ten minutes just eating anything Sally could find in the car for me until I had some ability to drive in the car to where there was more food. And I got home and I'm still in this cold shake and my brain's a fuzz. Maybe I shouldn't have driven, but don't tell anyone. And, and I just lay in bed with her. Rochelle got me a audible and I'm just trying to recover because my body was depleted fully. God does not want us to get to that point of total brokenness and depletion. He wants to fill you with his love. We can, we can starve ourselves. We can walk away and wander and run this life and try and do it without His love, but we will end up a wreck because it is only His love that will sustain us. And I want to ask you this morning to stand. We're going to sing a song in just a moment. A couple of weeks ago, I, I used this phrase to sum up my message that we want to love first. But this morning I want to say to you, don't just love first, let's think of His love first. In all that we do day by day, let's think of His love first. We will never be the people God wants us to be until we know His love for us. So we're going to finish this morning by singing, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son for you. Jesus died in your place and in mine. And this morning, I just want you to receive His love for you. Maybe you want to lift your hands and surrender and say, God, I thank you for your love for me. I thank you, Jesus, that you gave your life upon that cross so that I could be set free. God, I just pray this morning that you would change our mindsets about spending time with you, God, that we would love, love, love to spend time with you. That we wouldn't have that, that guilty conscience trying to hold us back from that time with you. That we wouldn't feel ashamed to come to you, God, but that we would run boldly into your throne of grace. That we would be sustained, that we would be built up, that we would be encouraged.
that filled with love, we would go out and be your church to this world. Lord God, we just thank you for your love this morning. Just as we sing this song, maybe you've never understood Jesus' love for you. This morning you can say, thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. The Bible says the moment in your heart you pray that prayer, your name is entered into the book of life. We receive eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ, in His sacrifice for us. And you can pray that prayer this morning. Let's sing this song right now. For God so loved the world.